We're back again, boys. Studio Breezy from Studio Breezy. I'm Breezy with Matthew and Smitty. What's up, boys? Hello. Hello, hello. Long time no see. I know. It's been forever. And uh, we are back on our How to Be a Soccer Nerd series. So if you have not listened to this series yet, it is a glimpse into how we think of being a soccer nerd not only why you should do it because i don't know why you're listening to this podcast so i don't know how i don't know why i could answer or how i could answer why you should be a soccer nerd because i don't know why i am other than i can't help but be it um but if you go back and listen to the last episode we talked about the sixth uh we talked a little bit about other stuff we introduced this series and also we tried to give some baselines for this whole thing um kind of what some of the numbers were and like formations a little bit and just try to touch on a little thing so please listen to that episode if you haven't mm-hmm. if you're going to listen to this episode give us feedback on that episode give us feedback on this episode tell us uh what you still don't understand if we've missed something and then let us know what you want to hear in the future yeah and thank you guys so much for the feedback that you did provide because we talked so much about defending in the last episode that why not just talk about defending today why not go straight into defensive stuff yeah absolutely so without further ado as the uh, americans say what is our positional numbers for defenders again we talked about this last episode but if you look on the field we're talking about a 4-3-3 that's four defenders for the most part right we think a 4-3-3 is what we'll play this season so most of what we talk about today will be the four defensive player um, set that's not going to be everything but that's the majority um, and those numbers, when you talk about numbers on the field, are two, three, four, and five. But we are not. We're going to refer to those today as either right back, left back, center back, or potentially wing backs, which we'll talk about what those are in a minute. So, Matthew, let's dive in a little bit. And why don't you start with what is a center back? So, a center back is just a player that plays uh, deepest uh, in terms of the the on field non goalkeeper positions, uh, center of the field. Uh, closest to the goalkeeper, also between midfield and goalkeeper, just kind of in the middle of the field. How many center backs usually play? If we play a 4-3-3, there'll be two. Okay, and if Uh, we play... A left center back and a right center back, and you'll have outside backs on either side of them. And left center backs play on the left side, right center backs play on the right side of the center of the field. Yes, if you remember from last episode, uh, the, the two is the right back, the three is the left back, the four is the right center back, and the five is the left center back. Mm-hmm. But for, for the normal people, we'll just call those center backs. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if you think about, I guess, the most recent CFC games, we did have a four-man back line. We had Caio De Silva playing as the right center back, and we had Sean Russell playing as the left center back. Yeah. Now, we also saw, as we touch on center backs a little bit more here, we did also see a formation a good portion of the last two years that had three center backs and then had what are called outside wing backs. So we'll leave the wing backs aside for a second. When you play with three center backs, how is that different, Smitty? It's a good question. So much of it depends on how you want to play. Like you can make it really defensive and play with five defenders. So your wide defenders, your outside backs are primarily defensive, or you can go super attacking. Um, and like you know, think about how James Kasak played last year. Um, he was primarily an attacker in that role, which we would classify as a wingback. Right, exactly. So you would have three instead of having four defenders um, in a line right in front of the goalkeeper's box, you would have three players 
And then, like you said, if you had played a five-man, you'd actually have five players, but three center backs. So last year we played with Nick Spielman in the middle quite a bit, Sean Russell out on the left, and Richard Dixon on the right. So you had three center backs covering all that space, and then you had two wide wing backs. So Matthew, talk to us a little bit about wing backs before we dive in like really deep into what they do. So wing backs, Smitty is right here. The wing backs have have kind of a, a an interesting job because sometimes, especially defensively, you want them to almost be a back five. You, you want them, you want them in the regular, in the regular beside, back line beside the center backs. beside center backs uh, on well on either side of the center backs. In uh, an attack, you usually want them to. We call them wing backs because we want them providing all the width. So on the wings of the field, the wide parts of the field. Yeah. So so typically, if you think about the way the way a CFC lined up a, a decent amount, especially in the spring, we had three center backs, two center midfielders. Uh, we actually classified them as a, as a left midfielder and a right midfielder, but they were they're wing backs. The same thing. We had a center midfielder, an attacking center midfielder, and then two forwards together. So essentially, you had two sixes. And three center backs. If you go to like back and listen to the last episode, yeah, yeah. you had three two, center backs, two, two sixes, sixes, two wide players that could be wing backs, could be midfielders, didn't matter. Two strikers, uh, and then a, a center attacking midfielder. Sometimes those strikers would would go out wide, although they mostly stayed central. And those outside, uh, those wing backs were the ones like think James Kasak always getting to to the byline. What's the byline? The the goal line. Sorry. Getting, so basically getting all the way <laughs> all, to the end of the field. All the way to the other end of the field. Uh, we yeah, talked think a l- about how many times he was dribbling the ball close to the corner flag, taking on a defender, and then cutting the ball yeah. in towards the goal. If you if you remember from last episode, we talked a little bit about a box-to-box type midfielder and how it's it's relatively rare. When you play with wing backs, those are your true box-to-box players because they're going to be asked to defend in their own box next to a center next to a center back. Mm-hmm. And the rest to get into the other box, usually wide, to be able to cross a ball in for one of the forwards. Absolutely. So that's a really nice um, layout there for uh, center backs, left backs, right backs, wing backs. So wing, a right back and a left back are normally more defensive than they are offensive. Do you guys feel like that's pretty fair? Not not all the time, but usually their their first like job is to defend a left back and a right back. Whereas a left wing back or a right wing back. It just depends on how you're playing. They might be defensive first, where they sit deep, or they might be offensive first, or they might truly go. I end think. To end. I think in the modern game, and, and this includes not just the the highest levels of professional soccer, but even even professional soccer here in the United States where we play. I think outside backs are are tasked with the same responsibilities. They play it a little bit differently than a, than a, a maybe a wing back will, but they're asked to defend when when not in possession. And they're asked to attack wide when in possession. Yeah. And that really doesn't change very much. Yeah. And when we talked about, and this is a good segue, when we talked about what a six is in the last episode, that's a fairly recent position in modern soccer. You can't go back, you know, decades and decades and find a bunch of examples of a six. The game's just changed a lot since then so since you have a defensive midfielder to help your center backs that allows your outside backs to get up the field and to be more attackers so we've seen a huge evolution in the last 10 or so years 
of what that outside back does, whether it's in a back three or a back four. And we'll, we'll, we'll probably go through some modern examples of that, um, at, you know, in, in, in Europe, but it's, it's changed drastically. So Smitty, can you tell me a little bit about what a ball playing center back is? I would love to. So when you think about a ball playing center back, probably the biggest example that comes to mind right now at the European level is Virgil van Dyke. So he is probably just the best defender period and can do everything. But when it comes to Liverpool's offense and hitting those long balls, like we talked about with a deep lane playmaker in the last episode, he is the one doing that for Liverpool. So he's getting the ball out to their very attacking outside backs to get play started. Gotcha. So he's, he in to, to take the opposite of that, a defensive specialist or a defensive center back that is potentially not a ball playing center back, just maybe a classic center back, quote unquote, not necessarily in a good way or bad way, just like a classic quote unquote center back. What does that look like, Matt? Uh, I mean, they have one job, and that's to defend the box. Uh, these players are all often often taller. Uh, they're they're not usually not great with their feet, uh, and they're not supposed to be. Their job is to just defend for their lives all the time, and other players will will once once in possession. Other players have the responsibility of of actually progressing the ball forward. Their job is just if they get the ball in possession. Just move it from one side to the other. Don't do anything cute. Don't get clever. Kick the ball out of bounds if kick the ball out of bounds if you have to. Yeah, it's it's don't make a mistake and stop the other stop the other team. Yeah, and and those players also I think usually you see them sit deeper. They play deeper. They don't get way up the field unless they're defending because mm-hmm. their job there is safety. It's not to receive the ball and pass it up the field. It's to be safe. If the if we the ball turns over, they want to defend first. We mentioned last episode in Golo Conte when he was with at Leicester winning winning the Premier League with Leicester. If you think about the players that like a Manchester City had at the time versus players that like that Leicester had at the time, like a Robert Huth or a Wes Morgan were the epitome of just like mm. straight up defensive center backs. Like they they'd launch long balls, didn't really matter where they went. They would just launch long balls, uh and, and they weren't trying to build out of the back and be cute and do anything crazy. And when Matt talks about launching long balls, he's not talking about Andrea Pirlo with a very meticulously placed pass. He's talking about like trebuchets. Kicking, kicking the ball as far yeah, like a trebuchet. <laughs> Let's get medieval. Like just booting it. Get it Get it out of there. I don't want the ball. Uh, the best, one of the best, uh, well, I, I think a, a decent comparison here from, from CFC recently is when we had Sean Russell and Kyle De Silva playing as the two center backs. Uh, Eric Panzer would have also been a good one, although he was a better he was a better ground passer. Uh, he, he also had a trebuchet on him. He was he was known but, for mostly just like making clearances with prejudice. So so it's not that it's it's not that those guys. So Sean Russell is a defense first center back. Yes, mm-hmm. right, and he's left footed, so he's a left sided center back. Which normally, it's not all the time, but normally your center backs, the left footed player plays in the left center back place, and the right footed center back plays in the right center back place. Not always, but that's normally how it works. Uh, Sean Russell is a defense first guy. You weren't expecting him to dictate play. You no. weren't expecting him to make long passes or short passes 
to break open the defense. You mm-hmm. were expecting him to win the ball and win the ball maybe against multiple players potentially because he's a defense-first guy. S- similar to Kyle De Silva, though I think Kyle did some, maybe Kyle could have in a different system played a little bit more with his feet. Mm-hmm. But what he did, what he was great at doing was being unbelievably athletic and, and such a high jumper, Kyle was. He could win the ball in the air and then it would come down. He would clear the ball into the parking lot <laughs> to make sure no one was going to get that ball. And 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 Panzer, as you guys pointed out, he could play, he could be a very good passer, mm-hmm. but he also, when in doubt, would just clear the ball, not into the sidelines, not to the ball boy, just not into the third row. Literally, we're, into we're literally <laughs> into the luxury boxes. <laughs> row Z. That's and, and and players like that in terms of center backs are they play the game just differently than uh than more we call them ball playing center backs. There's a risk reward thing here where ball playing center backs take risks that can pan out because if you if the ball playing center back Nick Spielman for example I would I would consider him a ball playing center back yeah um in general Nick Spielman can make a pass that goes over the top and beats six players he can also make a pass through several players and and make the ball bypass three or four defenders and now you're into the defensive half already if he makes that risky pass he is betting that making that risky pass and possibly turning it over it's a better bet to make that pass and try to get an advantage for the offensive, the offense of your team, and that he is more often going to, that's going to work out and create a goal, more often it's going to allow a goal. Whereas a guy like Sean Russell is not going to make that pass because he's not going to take that risk. And it's not it's not always can't with mm-hmm. players, but a lot of times it's won't, and sometimes it's can't. Yeah. And what they're not going to do is be the reason that we turn the ball over and allow a goal. So they're going to play safe all the time. They're not going to make that risk. They're not going to venture forward. Whereas ball playing center backs, generally speaking, take a lot of risks and they need to be very sure of themselves and very good in not only technically, but decision-making. Because if you make the wrong pass, you can give up a goal. And your job as a defender is to defend first for most people mm-hmm. and not to allow goals. And if you, you create a goal for the other team, you've done the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So we, we, we talked about this a little bit last week when talking about the six, and and I and I mentioned that the six for me is the most important tactical position you have. The thing I come back to with every single position is it's less about skill sets and more about decision making. So a player who is not as good technically with the ball has to also know that and make decisions based on that, whereas. Uh, in, in the same respect, a ball-playing center back can be extremely good on the ball, but if they make a bad decision and play a ball they shouldn't or or try to do something more risky than they should given the, the circumstances, that can cost us a goal very, very easily. Uh, you have to you have to know when when to play the ball on the ground between the lines and gaps, when to hoof it uh, and, and check the ball downfield, when to send it to the sideline, because giving up a throw-in, even if it's a long throw-in, is more advantageous than giving a turnover in the middle of the field when the other team's going to have numbers in transition. Yeah, totally. Smitty, so I think that's a pretty good center back um, primer on ball-playing center backs versus defensive specialists that are center backs or classic center backs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by the way, that's when you could see a six 
fill in at the center back. When you see a six that's a defensive midfielder who's expected to be better with the ball, not always, but oftentimes, than a center back fill in at center back, they become oftentimes a ball playing center back. Um, look at um, if you look at um, Fabinho for Liverpool when they had all their injuries last year and him filling in at center back, he was very much a ball playing center back. But outside of that, going to outside backs, can you can you give us a little primer, Smitty, on the defensive specialist as an outside back versus your maybe attacking outside back or wing back? Yeah, so a defensive specialist as an outside back will go farther up the field than a center back, but they're not going all the way up the field like James Kasak, like James Kasak would have last year or you know, thinking back to 2019, Gabby Torres. Um, they were very attacking, very good at that. Um, so the risk reward that you're talking about, you're going to get more reward by having them attacking and you're going to risk them not defending quite as deep. Your defensive specialists think about Sean Russell at times. He was primarily a center back, but he would play left back. Also, the reason we had a three-man back line is James Kasak is so good at attacking that leaves you that leaves a huge risk because he's all the way up the other side of the field. If the other team gets the ball and has a quick counterattack, you've got a huge hole on that side. Sean Russell is filling in that space, and that's why you wanted a defensive defense first left center back so mm-hmm. that he would go defend that area with prejudice, <laughs> which right. he did. He would clear that ball with absolute malice and prejudice. Yeah, I mean, Sean Russell, speaking of speaking of Sean, uh, at most of his career at the pro level, he was really considered more of a left back. Mm-hmm. He was that defensive left back. Uh, and, and his size and his skill set made it more of a natural transition for him to be a, a left center back for us. Because uh, it's just what, really what we needed. Um, but he's he, he's almost that quintessential example, like, not a not a great passer of the ball, um, and and usually not one. He would occasionally sometimes get get all the way to the byline, uh, but it was pretty rare. And it and it wasn't just like that's not his game, you know. And uh, it in in crazy contrast to to a James Kasak, a, a Gabby Torres. Uh, think about a right back John Finley when he was playing for us back in the day. Finbay, Finley was had that like Danny Alves positioning where he was a defender. I mean, like, I guess in, in name only, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but he was responsible for, for all of the width on the right hand side. Uh, and, and if you think what do you about mean it by width, I mean like taking up all the space to the sideline mm-hmm. uh, and especially going forward. If he was on, if he was on the right sideline in an attacking position, even from, from outside back, it forced a left back to go, defend him or maybe a midfielder dropping in and and that like that creation of space allowed opportunities in the middle for maybe it was a cross come in maybe he'd lay a ball back in possession and allow allow opportunities for our attackers to have a little bit more space to work with which is why which is why wit in, in, in creation of space is so important in soccer totally um can you matt contrast a little bit wing backs versus outside backs mostly well, I mean, offensively and defensively, we talked a little bit about them, but maybe use some examples of players that played for CFC and played wingback, um, kind of tie up some of the parts we haven't talked about with white, with wingbacks versus outside backs. Um, yeah. So we've played a back a system with a back three with wingbacks uh, in only really three years of, of this club's history. You had 2017, which was primarily a back three system with wingbacks, 
you had uh, 2020 and 2021, primarily back three with wing backs. So, uh, 2017 uh, was kind of a hodgepodge. Like it was on the right side, it was a little bit of John Finley, a little bit of John Carrier, a little bit of David li- Perez, a little bit of David Perez, a little bit of Zeka. We're all talking about attackers here. <laughs> which, which was the idea. Like the 2017 team was designed to be very ball possessive, extremely attacking. I mean, think about the, the left side of the field that year. It was Danny Reynolds, uh, who's an attacking, an attacking player, great service of the ball. And it was Leo DeSmet, who was two years prior was one of our like, you know, third or fourth leading goal scorers uh, for that 2015 team. Could, and an absolute wizard. And nom- nominally a forward. Yeah. I mean, like he was a, a wide forward or, or a, an attacking midfielder. Uh, it, it, was, it was designed that we pretty much always had the ball. We had players that were responsible in their defensive assignments. Um, and, and, I would, and I would classify them less as wingbacks, technically, and more of wide midfielders. Or almost wingers. Basically, yeah. Uh, it, it really depends on, it really depends on the, on the player and what you ask them to do. So I think back to 2020, first NISA pro game ever, Oakland Roots. That was more of an actual back five. Because you had Ray Lee on the left, you had Ryan Marcano on the right. And we went out, we went out to California for that game, having I mean, like we had just signed Sean Reynolds, we had just signed Ray Lee the week before. And it was it was very much designed of we had Ian McGrath playing the 10. You know, it was going to be absorb pressure, play responsibly, a lot more long play. Because when you don't know each other, when the team's fresh, you want to just usually go direct and be simple with it. You know, aiming for Ian McGrath's head, aiming for Sean Hofsetter's head, you know, looking for some flick-ons and, and whatever. And and you really had, I mean, that, that's the kind of group you really had five defenders with, with two of those wing backs. I mean, like, you could really call them a left back and a right back. With three center backs. With three center backs. It's just not normally not normally the case. If you think back to 2021, it was a lot more of three center defenders, a left midfielder, James Kasak, mm-hmm. a right midfielder, usually Cameron Woodfin. Yep. Well, Cameron Woodfin, you would not consider a right back. No. You would consider him uh, an attacking midfielder that was playing or that was playing right midfielder. So it was yeah, two right to a right and a left midfielder. Yeah, and and there's not and there's not really a lot of difference. That and this might be difficult and, and hard when we start talking about all these types of of, of positions and, and different names for almost the same thing. Mm-hmm. There's what, so we, much what, what we what we ask them to do is really the same thing. You want them to attack, you want them to, to provide some width, you want them to be a little bit creative on the outside. You also want them to come back and defend. But I think you would I think it's pretty clear though at least to me that James Kasak and Cameron Woodfin had different abilities so if you play a classic left back if you played Sean Russell at left wing back you are not asking him to get to the byline you're asking him to defend first Mm -hmm. and defend 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 and get the ball to somebody in the middle who can take it forward that's what you're asking Sean Russell to do if he's playing left wing back which you would never do that but he's but he's because he's a left center back or a left back who would play left wing back. So what I'm saying is, I know you're shaking your head, but when you ask a left back to play left wing back, you do it much, much, much differently than when you ask a left midfielder to play left wing back. And it's just the ability of what they're going to do and the positions they're going to take 
they're going to be, it's way different normally for what they're doing first. James Kasak and Cameron Woodfin, a lot of times were attacking attackers first and defender second. Whereas if you play a left back and a right back at those positions, maybe you're asking them, not always, but maybe you're asking them to defend first and attack second. I know you're asking them to do both, but there is a, you do have to lean one way or the other unless you're just an absolute monster, but it's unlikely that you're doing equal amounts of both. You're doing more of one or more of the other. And so if you were to look at like the average position on the field, like a Sean Russell playing left wing back, which I know you're going to be so <laughs> Matt, this is like Matthew's kryptonite. But if he was to play left wing back, his average position would be much closer to the center backs back towards the goal than a Gabby Torres playing left wing back, whose average position would be much closer to the halfway line or a little bit past the halfway line. Cause he would be attacking much more often. Also, while we're while we're here and mentioning this, shout out Cameron Woodfin for going to Australia. Crush it, buddy. Yeah. Buddy. Officially signed, signed, uh, scored a goal in his first uh, preseason game. Pretty awesome. Definitely. Definitely awesome. So how how many um I don't know, that's that's not even a good question from our show notes. How many sixes play? Uh, <laughs> how, how, Someone did change the show notes. <laughs> how many? Uh, how was it? We know how it's two. It's normally two outside backs, and it's either two or three center backs. So we think this season Rod will play two center backs. Yep. Yeah. And two outside backs. So a left back and a right back, mm -hmm. a left center back and a right center back. With how we've described some of these positions, do we think they will be defensive specialists as center backs? Or do we think they will be ball playing center backs, Matthew? Ball playing, no question. Next, next, next question. Uh, so they will be charged <laughs> with taking risks and being passers and possessors of the ball first. Everything in the system is designed to control the ball. When you yep. don't have the ball, you win the ball back. So you have the ball. And when you and, say and win, the, the, when you say win the ball back, let's do a little, little bit like of a spoiler alert here for another episode that we might talk about pressing, but like. When you say win the ball back, what exactly do you mean? I'm, I mean, like, when you don't have the ball, you do things to make sure you get the ball back. But it's not just get, it's not wait for them. <laughs> it's not, it's. I, I was doing this in the simplest way possible. But I, I do think it's good to make, so you can sit back and wait for the defense to come to you and take, or the offense to come to you and take the ball okay. back. They're going to literally Devi most likely. Devise ways to win the ball back as quickly as possible. As quickly as possible. Go get, literally go get the ball back. I think that's important to think about. Mm -hmm. When you watch teams play, it, some teams wait back for the, and then when the defense or the offense comes to them, they make a mistake, they take the ball, and then they go. This team, Rod's team, most likely will go and get the ball, go and put pressure on you. Think about basketball terms. When you have a full court press, it is likely you will see a lot of full court press type of de uh, defense from Rod Underwood's team with mm -hmm. pressing of the ball, going and running towards the ball to get the ball back and not waiting for the defense to come or the offense to come to you as a defender yep. or as a midfielder or as an attacker. We're going to we're going to add some layers here from our previous episode and we talked about we think we will have a destroyer midfielder. That's why that's so important because we're increasing the we're moving forward our level of confrontation on the field which leaves a lot of space behind. You have to have that destroyer in the midfield to snuff out anything that could potentially happen. And to get a little bit more like Detailed with it, if your left back and your right back step forward to go try to get the ball, mm -hmm. or your left center back or your right center back, or both of them are stepping forward to a, to attack the the offensive players to get that ball back, that six becomes so much more important because that six has to cover for any of those four players or all of them in different situations and make the right decision there because they can't get caught. 
that player is going to be the player that makes the most defensive position, the most defensive decisions that are, in my opinion, integral to everything. So I, I think I agree with you that the six is the most important player defensively on the team, especially in a Rod Underwood system from what we've, how we've seen his teams play in the last year. Yeah. If you, if, I'll switch gears a little bit to the outside backs uh, for how we expect them to play. I, I would expect, I would expect a lot of the width. Uh, well, no, let me not say that. Actually, I would expect a lot of width to be created by the outside backs. I think that they're, they're going to be asked to in possession to get forward, to um, to get to the get to the the end line, to get to the, the sideline, to try to cross balls back in to the box for for attackers to um, to for attackers to, to try to shoot from. I think you'll see the center back or the the six probably drop in a little bit and force the uh, the center backs wide uh, to be able to, to have better angles to be able to play the ball. You'll see the, the the central midfielders ahead of the six sometimes occupy some gaps, sometimes come a little bit deeper to collect the ball and then drive it forward. Uh, but those but those outside backs are gonna be are gonna be itching, itching to get forward, and they're gonna be there's gonna be a lot asked of them athletically. Yeah. And this sounds like an excellent topic for our how to be an even more of a soccer nerd <laughs> series which which by the way if you go back and listen to matt and i prognosticating on what we think how we think rod underwood's going to play how we think cfc is going to look you can hear some more detailed mm-hmm. um stuff like that about not just the granular details of like what is an eight but what we think the eights are going to do in rod underwood system for example which we'll talk about what is an eight on a different episode and i i think at the same time you get the the earliest the earliest view based on what we watched uh, stump down play like last year, what we already had coming back. And I imagine at some point, and maybe it'll be kind of as, as we wrap up the series and go full on tactical again, we should hopefully have most of the rest of our roster, maybe all the roster at that point. And so we'll have, I think a better idea based on like, tactics, tactics matter, but tactics are, are because of personnel. And we just clearly at, at this stage in time, do not have all of our personnel yet. Yeah, there's only 13 players have been announced, so we we don't know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we don't know all the players. Um, so we think the outside backs are going to get forward a lot and really be asked a lot of athletically, a lot, a lot, a lot of running. Yeah. Um, if if for the players that we know, I know we don't know all the players, but the players currently on the roster, um, who do we think is going to play where? And who do we think we just don't have anybody on the roster to play? So I'll start left back. There's not a left back on the roster currently. As as, as we are recording this, um, there's not a left back. There's one left-footed player on the team, and he is a winger. Um, so Matthew would like to see Ian Sarah at left back, but I think that is... Let's just go full player. Italian and play a right-footed player at left back. Let's not. <laughs> Listen, you already have a left-footer. He's, he's ostensibly a, a 10, a center-attacking midfielder, or a winger. We're going to have the ball all the time, hopefully. Ian Sarah for left back. There's no left back on the roster currently. So <laughs> I suspect we we that player is... I'm putting gonna, it on Twitter, hashtag Ian Sarah for left back. Okay. Um, you're Let's both... Start the campaign. You're both um, on my naughty list. Uh, so I think that there will be a, a left back or two signed. Um, may, and you might see a combo guy, kind of like we talked about. Sean Russell was a bit of a combo guy last year. He could play left back defensively. He could play left center back. But he was kind of... Uh, 
a defensive version on both of those. You could see somebody like that signed as a backup with an attacking left back signed. You never know. Um, so from that right back, who do we think on this current roster as it is currently constructed might play right back? I think it will be Tate Robertson. I think Tate Robertson's a great shot for that. He played a little bit of outside back last year. Um, I think Matt and I both think that's his best position. I I definitely think it's his best position. He probably will. um, I'm not sure. So it depends on, it depends on how Rod wants to play with the outside backs in terms of what, what they're asked to do. If you've got, if you've got a left back that is super, super athletic, like constantly go box to box up and down the field. I think you might see the right back because a player, a player like Tate, when he plays right back, He's not, I mean, he can get to the byline and go box to box, but he's not athletic like a, um, uh, I'll Ryan use Marcano. an ex- uh, He's not athletic like a Ryan Marcano. That's a great, that's a great example. Uh, so when he gets forward, it's going to take him longer to get. And we're back. Sorry, small technical difficulty there. Tate's athleticism at right back. So I think, I, I think I was saying in, in contrast to someone like Ryan Marcano, like Ryan can can get up the field, he can get get back. Very very athletic type player. Tate is not quite as athletic as as someone like Ryan Marcano. So when he goes forward and he can and he and he does and has when he's played right back for us, he doesn't get back defensively as quickly. No one gets back as quickly as Ryan Marcano. Yeah, basically. Accurate. If, well, no one can get back. Like as when we say <laughs> Tate isn't as athletic as Ryan Marcano, that's not an insult. No one is as athletic as Ryan Marcano. So if you're if you're looking for uh, if you've got if you've got a super athletic player on the left hand side, well, let's just say, and we don't have a left back. If you have Ryan, Ryan Marcano on the left side, sure. left footed Ryan Marcano. So you've got like that player can get back defensively. You've got your two center backs already back. You've got your six already back. So your your right back if has gone forward. Doesn't ha- it's not as urgent to get back. It's not as urgent. They have to be there. It's possible that that Rod system is going to want two super athletic players in the outside back positions. And if that's the case, maybe Tate makes more sense as somewhere in the central midfield, uh, which is his natural position. Which is his natural position. I think. I think he projects certainly at the next level as an outside back. Uh, his his service, especially from deeper positions. And I, I mean, when I say what I mean, when I say that is if he's getting to, if, if you know, it's one thing to cross at kind of at box level. It's another thing to hit what we call an early ball from, you know, maybe 30 yards away from the, from the uh, byline a, a little bit, a little bit earlier on a little bit different of an angle. Tate's a really good player of that kind of a ball. I just don't know what what Rod's going to look for in terms of what he's going to ask from from the outside backs. I think a a, a decent shout is going to be a Travis Ward. Travis Ward, if you've listened to to podcast that that we did with Rod Underwood, he said that he signed Travis Ward as an outside back, uh, and mostly like outside back and winger cover. He ended up playing kind of one of those eights. He ended up playing a striker later on. Because he had a nose for goal, uh, for for Stumptown last year, I wouldn't be shocked if, if, <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if if he's the type of player he's played left back before for Stumptown in a game, 
And I just wouldn't be shocked if if he's the type of guy, super, super athletic, pretty good service. I mean, three goals, three assists last year. I wouldn't be shocked if he's the guy that makes more sense athletically for the right back position. I don't know how he is defensively in, in terms of in terms of the actual defending responsibilities of outside back. That's not something we've really ever seen, especially last year. But in a system where we're supposed to have the ball a lot and and try to dictate and 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 play through through passing and, and, and stuff like that, I could see it. Gotcha. Also, you I think you could see Richard Dixon out wide. Um, I don't think it's the most likely, but he was a right back for most of his career. So it's mm-hmm. not impossible you see him there. Um, yeah, there's some options there. I don't think there's one right back on this roster. I think there's kind of three in Travis Ward, um, Tate, Tate, and and Richard. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else in there. I don't think there is. I was, thinking, I was thinking of all the center midfielders that we could play at outside back personally. Calm down. Which we should absolutely do an episode on <laughs> the fact that outside, outside defenders and center, and center midfielders are the same. I hate you both right now. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. I mostly agree with that take. Okay. Um, So left back, I think we agree. There's not one on the roster. Right back, we probably have three, I guess, on the roster. At time of recording, you never know. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, there might be somebody signing. We just don't know about it, but announced there's nobody. Um, Smitty, center back wise, who do you expect to see at the center back positions on this roster? Yeah, I think it's pretty pretty comfortable to say that we'll have – uh, Frankie Martinez and Nick Spielman as our starting uh, center backs. That's my hope as well, looking at the roster. I think also there's two other players, and then I'll throw this to Matt, but I think you could see Richard Dixon play minutes at center back, and I think you could absolutely see Colin Stripling play minutes at center back. Uh, Colin Stripling, as I mentioned the last episode, is more of a six, but he lists center back as his second position. Um, mm-hmm. He played a little bit of center back for them. One game. And... I think that he profiles well as a ball-playing center back because he's a defensive six with good feet, and he could play center back some too. I think the best center back pairing, though, is what you said. It's it's Spielman and uh, Frankie Martinez as currently constructed. Again, there's only 13 players that have been announced. But I think Richard... 14. Have we announced 14? We have. Oh, yeah, Taylor Gray. Taylor that's Gray. Right, that's right, 14 players. Been, I'm sorry. 14 players have been announced. Bro, um, that was like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Zipped. A body bag for me. Um, so, yeah, Matthew, who else do you see potentially? <laughs> hey, can I can I expand here for a second? I want to add a little bit of a layer on why we'll have two ball-playing center backs most likely. Go. Um, in the type, the style of play that we will have that I'm not, I'm not going to get too deep into, but we will have the ball most of the time, whereas last season... We defended most of the time, and we had very quick attacks. I would expect for us to have a little bit more long, long in duration attacks. And when you're possessing the ball and want to keep the ball, a backwards pass is a lot of times just as important as a forwards pass because you're trying to move the defense around. So you want to play the ball backwards to probably a good ball-playing center back that's higher up the field than you would than they are whenever they're defending. You're saying so the then, center backs are going to be more more involved if we're doing things right, more mm-hmm. involved in the attacking play, even if it's just keeping possession, than the actual defending portion of the game. Yeah. Do not be shocked to see somebody pass the ball back to Nick Spielman, and Nick Spielman is at the halfway line possessing the ball. This is going to be 
this is going to be a bit of a throwback to the 2019 CFC team, mm-hmm. which was incredibly good in possession, could could play could play soccer on the ground better than pretty much anyone we ever played all year. And soccer on the ground, meaning the passing stayed on the ground. It wasn't long aerial balls. It was short, shorter passes with the ball on the turf. If we if we think now as as the as the roster currently is like it's I mean like look at it there's no there's no like really super central like main forward especially not a target type type player at the sign of forward so the the same pitfalls are also possible that that had happened to our 2019 team a lot of possession but ultimately the final pass wasn't really there because defenders if a team has a lot of possession a lot of times the defense will just kind of close off into a shell, make it a lot harder to get near the goal. And teams can break that down with a lot of really good quick passing and interplay, but it's going to be extremely hard. Uh, which is, is all to say, like, you play different styles, teams will defend you in different ways, and it's still going to be difficult to play against. Yeah, totally. So I think we've gone over most of our defensive stuff. Is there anything we've forgotten for our defenders that we need to go over? I'm good. I don't think so. I don't think so. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Please send us feedback. Um, if you liked the show, if you have more questions, if what you would like us to do next, Matthew, if the people want to send you feedback, um, ask for clarification, tell you you're dumb. Uh, where can they do that? You can do that on Instagram at I am Caniglio, and you can do that on Twitter at Whiskey is Fine. Smitty, how about you? You can find me on Instagram at a Smitty Nose. You can find the pod at the Section 109 podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, where you can interact with Producer Jay, and you can find me on the internet. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Peace. Peace.